The Burroughs of Berea is a conversational podcast. We study the Bible and we talk about it. Not all of us are of the same faith, and one of us doesn't actually have a faith. And that's wonderful. We all love one another, and we're going to continue to talk about these things. The things we believe in and the things we believe about what we read in the Bible. Not all of these are necessarily true. Some of it is opinion and speculation. Thank you for listening and speculating with us. There you go. That was good. Yes. Ops, ops, ops. <laughs> you are listening to the Burrows of Berea. Side Studies. Welcome back to the Burrows of Berea. I am Rick Welch, and to my left is Billy I. Candy Kimsey. Like a sugar-covered T-bone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Sounds even good. know what that means. <laughs> I don't even know. Straight out of Compton, Ralph Hicks. Represent. And behind the glass, Rocket Man, Andy Bishop. Insert sound effect here. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, it's only like behind half the glass right now. Oh, I left it. Yeah. I, I, I'm pretty sure if I close that door, it will just be a glare and annoying for the video. So. <laughs> yeah. So not any, not any more than what? your forehead is now. I Oh. Yeah. <laughs> He's hey, not. You know. hey, I said forehead. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. I know. No. Yeah. It, it just I'm an oily, it, it oily man. <laughs> His forehead continues I, to his back end. I had um, <laughs> now. Now it gets three quarters of the way up, and then there's hair. <laughs> True, yeah. In the spirit of eschatology, I started reading Revelation, and I found the place uh, and can prove it where Will Smith is to smack Chris Rock. <laughs> I found it. That's that's amazing. <laughs> what I want to know where where in Revelation. It's not. I was lying. I thought, I no, think, I, I know. Now you're devoted. This is a yes and space. Uh, sir. I think he's working out and he's on roids. I actually, the funny thing is that somebody I was talking to about it said, "Did you see that he was laughing as soon as that joke was told?" And then he looked over at his wife and said, "Oh crap." Better go do something about this and went and slapped he him. He did, and everybody talks about that, but nobody talks about the smile that he had after he hit Chris Rock and turned back. He yeah, had a smile yeah, on his face yeah, he after he smacked there, him. So, yeah. It was kind of odd, and so a lot of people thought it was fake. That's they, right. I'll be <clears> sleep, I get to sleep in the bedroom tonight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's, that's what he's talking sure. about. I, I just wish you'd have slapped the rock. You <laughs> oh, know, my God. See how that would have worked out <laughs> Hello. for you. Know? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, I I've, I have a f- uh, friend on Facebook that kept listing comedians. He was like, do you think you would have smacked Dave Chappelle? Because, you know, Dave Chappelle's Jack now. Yeah. Like, do you think you would have slapped Joe Rogan? Ro- not and Joe he, Rogan. The answer to both of those is probably no. <laughs> no, of course not. Yeah. I just like the way that Rogan Rock handled it. Oh, He's just UFC'd like. UFC'd him right off the yeah, stage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, he probably wouldn't have got contact with somebody like Rogan. It just wouldn't even have made contact, no, you know. Nah. But, but, Yeah. It's kind of bizarre to me. Like I, I'm not, I'm not taking sides. I could care less. Honestly, I am taking sides. I think Chris Rock was in the right, but I also feel like, um, you know, like you kind of see like the old school. Like I'm going to defend my woman, kind of an idea yeah, yeah. that works in the South. Just so all of you liberal <laughs> people in Hollywood, and everybody understands in the South, like defending your woman's honor I'll means show something. Him. I wrote her name on that water tower for a reason, you know. Like, so <laughs> I get it down here in the south. <laughs> That's how they quit writing her name on the bathroom stall. <laughs> exactly for a nice Buick <laughs> call. So <laughs> anyway, yeah. But I saw where Daniel Radcliffe. They asked him what mm-hmm. he thought about it, and he was like, "I am so bored." 
I'm not even going to respond to that. I'm tired of hearing about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, because there's like, no more COVID. There's no more Russia. And, no, it's and all Ukraine. just yeah. a slap. It's, yeah, it's the, yeah, the war went away. The disease went away. Can we get Will Smith to slap <laughs> yeah, more people? Yeah, yeah. Man, <laughs> look at all the himself. I just wish Jada would cheat on him some more. Swing! <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, it's a fact. It's a fact. She said it on her own podcast with him sitting there. Oh, yeah, he would know, but that probably hurt. Even knowing just to do it in a public forum's got art, right? Yeah, and she, of course, used the word entanglement instead of, you know, whore, like I'm a whore. <laughs> and now I have to, like Rocky said, now I have oh, to say a bad word. That's rough. <laughs> that's rough. I yeah. can't go there with you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, she didn't get paid for it, so you can't really say it that way. Right? Anyway. <laughs> oh, that, that word starts with an S, but I can't say that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. Let's get, let's get this, let's bring right, this baby down. Yeah. The judgment. Was that the sound of the Rocket Man? <laughs> yes, that's the new sound. The new sound. <laughs> the Rocket Man left. He's like, I'm out of here. So we are on part 719 of the Oliver Discourse. No, guys, um, we've talked about this, and we've de- I've decided to shorten it up because I'm with uh, Daniel Radcliffe. I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with Will Smith. I could. Oh, could no, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to Will Smith you. I'm, I'm <laughs> telling you. a comedian in the mouth. If he could make more worldwide problems go away by slapping people, yeah. <laughs> I'm about to get back on his side. I know, right? But uh, this was initially set to be a 12-part, and I've decided to lower it to eight parts. Right now, we're on part seven, and uh, I've, I've done something a little bit different. My MO is to always go verse to verse and to continue in that line of thought. But because I'm going to shorten this up, I decided to go to the conclusion and to finish it in part seven. And then when we get into part eight, to just have a discussion about what we've learned and what we think about it. You know, have any of our beliefs changed or are we still rigid on the way that we think? You know, well, what did you think of this study? Like, you know, I'd never, I'd never really heard about the sun, moon, and stars until I started researching this. And I did this, you know, several months ago, and I'd never heard that in the Old Testament. Like, I'd read it, but it just never stuck, you Didn't know? Click. And then whenever I started, like, trying to understand, okay, so if this is a future event, how do I understand this? And then you start finding this Old Testament language, and it sort of changed, it, it literally changed my mind. And so... Tonight, what we're going to do is, uh, I would like Ralph, if he doesn't mind, to go to Matthew 25 and read verse 31 through 46. Anyone who's read this scripture knows this uh, as the judgment of the sheep and the goats. And uh, I will say this, if you've never heard the song by Keith Green called The Sheep and the Goats, listen to it. It's phenomenal and funny. Any relation? Keith Green? No, the the song to the verse. Yes, it's okay. actually oh, yeah. he wrote the song based on this scripture, but he kind of joke he jokes around a little bit with it, but he also gets very serious. You know, like whenever there's like they're like, "When were you hungry, Lord?" and he was like, "Do one of the angels want to go get yeah. <laughs> you know a cheeseburger and a coke?" You know, like he's joking around with it, but it gets really serious in the end. So, uh, YouTube uh, Keith Green, the Sheep and the Goats, and listen to the whole thing. It, he's an amazing piano player, but he also he was very charismatic, you know, it just really sort of kept your attention. Cool. So, since we are going to do this, um, I want everyone to keep in mind as Ralph is reading, understand that this is considered to be a parable. And in my opinion, there are, there are parabolic, you know, uh, phrases in it. But based on what Jesus says in Matthew 24 at the Olivet Discourse, 
he's basically saying this is how it's going to be. So I don't see it so much as a parable as much as I see it as this is how it's going to go down. All right. Do you mind reading that, Ralph? Certainly. Okay. Uh, Title on this is The Judgment. But when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. And all the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another, as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. Then he will also say to those on his left, Depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in naked, and you did not clothe me, sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they themselves also will answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or or in prison and, and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, saying, Truly I say to you, to the extent that you did not do it to one of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Thanks, Ralph. I like that in ASB, actually. Because in the King James Version, it says, and these will be thrown into everlasting fire, you know, which is kind of goes along with what sort of says in the beginning, um, you know, about, you know, with all of the angels. All right. So this is this, when you read this and you hear it in churches, now I can't say all churches, just churches that I've been involved in, most of them see this, uh, and most commentators that write about this see this as, the consummation of all things, the end of time, the end of all things. And since we've been studying this Olivet Discourse, I've been teaching, teaching it from a preterist point of view, and I've been saying that, th- that there is a possibility that what Jesus is saying would be fulfilled within the time frame that he set it on, okay? And so if you remember, in the, if anybody's listened to the notes from the underground, 6.5, uh, all of it, this course, 6.5, we we actually read all those Old Testaments and, uh, yep. you know, together, but we also had shown where in Matthew, where it says, I think Matthew 16, he says, there are some standing here today that will not taste death until all of these things take place. And he was talking about it at that time, and we'll get into it later today in this study too. It's the same thing, the Son of Man, when the Son of Man comes in His glory. And that's what I want to focus on. You know, we finished... Uh, where we were before we were on the sun, moon, and stars, and you're going to see the sign of us coming in heaven. Like, we're going to get to that. But, and we'll do that in our discussion phase. Anyone that has listened to the study and is interested in this study, I would just say, do some hard research. Don't believe everything you hear and just think about it. Think about it long and hard and try to figure out, 
is this possibly talking about what Jesus said, something that could have happened within their generation? And just so you know, there are people in this world that believe that there are some disciples that are still alive today. Yes. I know. I couldn't believe it either. Like, it was the craziest thing I've ever heard. But they believe that there are some, if not one, disciple, possibly the Apostle John, um, who is still alive today. That is some Olympic-level metal uh, mental gymnastics. And the whole reason is because they can make it fit. Sure, sure. Then they can, you know, if one they of them— They can read it literally and have it be— He didn't taste death. pre-whatever— Preterist. Thank you. Yeah. It doesn't have to be preterist. It can still be futurist, you know, whatever you want to do. So anyway, but let's just remember in Matthew 24, 34, Jesus says, truly I say to you, keeping it in audience relevance, he's talking to his disciples. And we know that in one of the gospels, it's only four of the disciples, not all of them. And of those four, one of them lived long enough to see the destruction of the temple. The other ones had already died. And so, Jesus is pretty spot on here, okay? So, let's look at this sheep and the goats for a second, and let's think about it from the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple and the end of the Judaic Mosaic law. Let's also remember this, anyone that's listening, after AD 70, the Jewish people have not sacrificed according to the law, with a Levitical priest since that time. Jesus said it would be done, that he would leave that house desolate. And to this day, it is. There is a Islamic mosque on the spot where the temple is. Hmm. No Jew is allowed to go in there and sacrifice an animal. That's not going to happen. Did modern-day Jews sacrifice much like the, not modern day the, Jews. the Hasidics or no. no so today's Judaism is a, it's different it's not the same as what we read in the Old Testament or what uh-huh. they call the Tanakh I was I, I figured like it wouldn't be widespread but I didn't know if maybe there was like some like super traditionalist sect like there sometimes is in things listen there's got to be somewhere there has to be there's probably it's a just group. not widespread enough to like be noteworthy they're not doing it at the temple and it's also in order to, in order for that nation to be redeemed once a year the chief priest entered into the holy of holies with that blood put it on the mercy seat and if he came out alive they were redeemed that's how it was told hmm. but on the day that Christ died which was on passover which was the day that the chief priest was going in the holy of holies the veil that covered the holy of holies was ripped in two and since then they went 40 years from that point, a generation of continual sacrifice until the Roman army came and destroyed mm-hmm. that temple. They haven't done it since. So maybe some, you know, sect that's up in the mountains of right, Kazakhstan so that's still, you know, they might. Traditionalist, sure, but very small. Sure. Yeah. And they might, you know, because Passover, if you weren't in the city of Jerusalem during Passover, you would still celebrate Passover. So you would slaughter a lamb and you would, you know what I mean? Like you would still follow the tradition but they don't do that anymore. So according to their own scriptures, they haven't technically been redeemed since the destruction of their temple. But Christ said that they wouldn't. 
oh. he, he makes it clear. And some people call this replacement. Yeah, they call it replacement theology. Of course, it's I say that a lot, don't I? I didn't know that. Right, yeah. <laughs> All right, anyway. Replacement but theology. They call it replacement theology because there's a lot of people that believe that the church was the replacement of the Jew. That's what they say. Oh, so basically the church is the surrogate, you know, uh, of the uh, instead of the Jew child. Now, it's, the answer is no. This is not replacement. This is called fulfillment. Christ said that he was coming to fulfill the law in his own flesh, that not one yote or tittle would pass away from the law until all of these things were fulfilled. When he was on the cross, he said, it is finished. He completed the work. And that work was to fulfill the law in his own flesh. So from that point, after Christ, and we've talked about the crucifixion and the burial and the resurrection, and then after 40 days that he ascended, this was, it was understood that the Messiah would be standing at the right hand of God. And Christ tells the chief priest before he's crucified, you will see the Son of Man standing at the right hand of power, and he will come in the clouds with his holy angels. And they screamed, blasphemy because he was claiming to be equal with God and he because God was the cloud rider. Remember, he comes in judgment in the clouds. So he's saying, I'm bringing judgment to you. So not only does he say it to the people in Matthew 23, standing in the temple, Jesus says it directly to the chief priest himself, the man, the man. Okay. So he's like, I'm judging you. I'm coming for you. And that's, that's harsh. And literally, you know, what was it? How many hours? 24 hours later, mm -hmm. he was dead. You know, Christ was, you know, the chief priest did not mess around. So, so that, so do you think the crucifixion, I mean, certainly things were building before that. That's not, but oh. do you think that was definitely like the straw that broke the camel's back sort oh, of thing? Oh, yeah. Because, well, the chief priest said, number one, Pilate had already found him innocent. Mm -hmm. King Herod had nothing against him. And the chief priest didn't either. So whenever he said, I'm going to judge you, that's when he screams blasphemy. In his mind, that's all it took. We can execute him now, uh -huh. but so they're not allowed was... to execute. They would have stoned him right there, but they weren't allowed because they were occupied by Rome and by their law. They, they weren't needed allowed to, to kill be anyone. able to kill him under a Roman law. That's right. That's yeah. why. That's why it's said in the Gospel of John, you know. And it seems like some people have taken this and twisted it and made it very anti-Semitic. I love Jewish people. You, I need everybody to know that. I have so many friends that are Jewish, and I love these people. And so I'm not anti-Semitic whatsoever, but the scripture is very clear that the people that were ex that were executing Jesus weren't, in fact, the Romans. Mm -hmm. It was it was the Jewish people that that what they would call the apostate, the ones that actually didn't believe in any of this, and they were just you know in power for political gain that were trying uh, to kill Christ, right? To end that and squash it wasn't that. Even, they just they weren't worried about the religious aspect of it. They were worried about his. Uh, his following. That's right. And yeah. the effect that it has his on His political power. power. That's yeah. right. Okay. And even the chief priest said it would be better for one man to die than for all of us to, because it was creating sort of an uproar. Well, I think Judas, too, got into the swell of, uh, of that at the end, because I think he saw Christ going in a place that he didn't originally think. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there were other things happening. And I think that, you know, you got to remember, these are Jewish people and you don't just rip them out of what they've believed all their life and have them believe something else. And I think that he just got scared and uh, disagreed with him and uh, went that way. And then at the end, he, he regretted it. Yeah, sure.
So if we get back to the judgment of the sheep and the goats, okay, let's let's try to put this in place. So Matthew 25, 31, I'm reading out of the ESV. He says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Okay? So it's 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 important. If you go back to Matthew 24, which is where the Olivet Discourse is, listen to what he says. Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, and he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Do you understand that these are the same, these are these events that he's talking about are identical in timing. This is when the Son of Man comes with the holy angels. The holy angels are gathering the elect. The elect are the ones that are called the sheep. The ones that are not are called the goats. And the goats are the ones that are cast away into eternal punishment. So, if you go to Matthew 16, back when we were talking about a little bit earlier, about some standing here, that won't taste death. Listen to what he says right before that statement. Matthew 16, verse 27 through 28. For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels in the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each person according to what he has done. Truly I say to you, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Hmm. So he's, I mean, I don't know how much simpler that I can make it for yeah, people. Yeah, standing here. There are some standing here that will not taste death until they see this event. The only loophole is vampirism. Exactly. Or there are disciples alive, which is vampirism. Remember, well, they're not eating know. them, right? No. Well, you don't know that. <laughs> right. So if we compare these two texts, listen to this. So uh, in both passages, the subject referred to as the same, the coming of the Son of Man. All right, that coming, or, or as the word parousia. And all these passages of Jesus we know is the Son of Man, and he's described as coming in glory. And all these passages he is attended by the holy angels. He comes as a king, coming in his kingdom on his glorious throne. He's coming in judgment, all of them, because he's rewarding them for the things that they shouldn't do and for the things that they should. The judgment is represented as like a universal in some sense. He shall reward every man or before him shall be gathered all the nations. And it's expressly stated that the coming in his glory would take place in the lifetime of some of them that were present in front of him. I'm sorry. I don't see how people can deny this. Like, I, I just don't understand. I, I, I understand dispensationalists. Maybe I, I get it. It I, does, you know, it would be nice to have somebody that was knowledgeable enough to argue the other side, like present, just so I could hear it, because I don't know it at all, obviously, because of me. But uh, but the language seems pretty clear to me. Yes. Yeah. If you were to just pick it up and read it as a story, you're looking at it as a historical transcript of a conversation. Right, exactly. What yeah. happened in their time. It's it's shocking. Like, yeah, it seems wow, all of clear. this stuff happened. And so, like, how, how does this all work? If, yeah. If but the reason believe. why it's not accepted as well is because there are no more biblical books that describe that it was completed. That's why. Right. Except if you understand the, the book of Revelation, it actually tidies it up 
just perfectly and completes it, but it's hard to understand because we don't understand the symbolism. Uh-huh. But if you will follow the timing, if you follow the timing of the birth of the Messiah and him being cut off, if you find that in Revelation 12, if you listen to those judgments, the bold judgments, if you pay attention to them and you see where the beast is and who the false prophet is and who like who are the two prophets that come and die and rise again and like all of it's there and i and i can show you and yeah, and i the, will but the the pharisees and the sadducees didn't want any of that cuz that would have changed everything now we're christianity and christ talks about a lot of things that makes their world disappear so it's a great point so let let me let me use what you just said okay Jesus says in Matthew 24, and then they will see in the heavens, in heaven, the sign of the, of the Son of Man. So, what do you think that is, Ralph? What's the sign of the Son of Man in the heaven? What do you think it might be? What do you mean? I, I'm equally mystified. In the Olivet Discourse, Jesus says, and there will be a sign in the heaven Right there will be this, and the this, there will be the sign of the Son of Man in the heaven, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn. What do you think that sign is? When he died on the cross? No, that he'd already been dead. What's in the heaven? Yeah, in like, the heavens. Right. What? So, what is the sign? That's some, I like, mean, you okay, assume so if, some if you, star. If or we something. don't believe in the preterist philosophy, and we're going to believe in a futuristic idea, what is the sign? An airplane. What the second coming? <laughs> What is the sign? If we put it in oh, its context, when they rebuilt the temple, that there's that, but that's not in the heaven. That's a physical thing on earth. What's the thing here? I'll read it. I'll read it exactly as it says. Whoops, maybe I should uh, not do what I just did. Um, Usually true. <laughs> let me go to twenty-four, Matthew twenty-four. Oh, good grief! The coming of Jesus on the chariots. In my mind, that would be the sign. When Jesus says, when he, you know, he just gets done talking about the sun will be darkened and the moon will lose its light. So he says, from the fig tree, learn its lesson. This is Matthew 24, verse 32. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see all these things, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. So when we read heaven and earth will pass away, we think that's everything. The whole, every, the universe will pass away, but Jesus' words won't. Uh, heaven and earth is not the everything if you understand the Old Testament, which is what we went through in previous episodes. So feel free to listen to part three and four on that one. Verse 36, but concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. So there's, again, Jesus doesn't know something that the Father does while he's on earth. I was going to say, until he ascends. While he's on Um, earth. That's what we have to remember. So he grew in wisdom and stature. He emptied out his divinity. He suddenly, you know, throughout his life, he he knows who he is and he is fully aware that he came from the Father and what he's supposed to be doing on earth. He's very aware, but he doesn't know when he's going to return while he's on the earth. But we believe as Christians that he's ascended and he's at the right hand of the Father. That's what we believe as Christians, right? The, do the Jewish people believe that? No. Why? 
because they don't believe that the that Jesus was the Messiah. Correct. So if they were destroyed according to Daniel's prophecy, that when that temple was completely obliterated, okay, and the worships were done, worshiping was done. What did it tell them when they saw that? What were they supposed to know? That the Messiah had come. Yeah. They missed it. Jesus even tells them, you didn't, this is happening to you because you did not know the time of your visitation. Okay? So when the Roman army comes and descends on them, they're going to destroy them. They suddenly realize if when their temple is on fire and everything is being destroyed and the Holy of Holies is done, it's all done, the sign appears that Christ is in heaven at the right hand of the Father. That's the sign to let them know. And then they begin to mourn. So we think of looking at the sign as like, and then there's going to be a beacon that flies across the sky and the heavens. And when you see it, then everything, that's what we do. Just like lightning that comes from, you know. Well, that's what I thought when you were saying that I, they were going to see it. It was like, which one were they going to see? The temple rebuilt or Jesus coming Right, with so if chariots? you're looking at it from a futuristic point of view, it doesn't make any sense to me. We're, we're, we're looking for a physical thing. We believe that we're going to explode out of the ground if we're already dead. We believe that we're going to fall out of our clothes and fly up into the sky, and we're going to meet him in the air because it says it in Thessalonians. Correct? That, I mean, it says it, that we're going to, that we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together in the air and ever be with the Lord. But see, we think of it as a physical explosion, like we're all going to fly up in the air and that's what's going to happen. Satan was the prince of the power of the air. So does that mean that he was in our atmosphere? It was, that's not what air means, right? That's the, he was the god of this world. Satan was the god of this world. I don't believe that Satan is the god of this world anymore. Because Jesus overcame the yeah, world, remember? Until he beat him, yeah. He he overcame it. But Paul says that he was, Paul says it later, this is after Christ's death. So it's my opinion that once the temple was destroyed, and all of the first century Christians who were writing these epistles to one another in the Gospels, all of this was future events to them and their time. But once the temple was destroyed, and the Jewish people were scattered in the diaspora, that was the end. So now they say, well, that's replacement theology. So now the church is taking the place of the Jew. No, it's not because Paul taught it. He said, first for the Jew, then for the Greek. Remember? You've read it, right? First for the Jew, then for the Greek. So what's going on here is that Christ is placing judgment on a, on a people that stopped worshiping Yahweh a long time ago. And he came to his own and they didn't receive him. But to those who believed in him, who believed on his name, he gave the power to become the sons of God. Do you remember the mystery of God episode? What was the one mystery that was not known in the Old Testament that was revealed to Paul and Peter? What was the mystery? That the Jew and the Gentile were equal. Remember? So this is not anti-Semitism. What were you going to say, Andy? Said so, no, I don't remember. You don't? Okay. No, I've, I'm it's forced so much to remember all of these things, guys. It's so much information I, for me. <laughs> that's why we're getting out of the Oliva Discourse because this is this is a very deep study, and if you're if you're not familiar with any of this, and I wasn't for a long time, and it took me a while to, to pick up on this. I'm not a futurist in the sense. I want to go back to something. So you, because I'm confused at what you're saying. 
So you asked me, when is the sign? I said, the temple being destroyed. And you're saying that it's after that? You said a future temple. No. I, I said, was asking about the futurist well, first, sign. The, well, the first one was the future, the, the temple being destroyed. And then I said the future being rebuilt. And then I said chariots, Jesus coming down on chariots. And you said those were futuristic. But you're saying after the temple was destroyed, when Christ was at the right hand. Christ comes, Christ coming is a cloud coming. It's a judgment coming. Christ was at the right hand of the Father. We know that he was because according to Stephen, when he was being stoned to death, he saw him there. Jesus said that he was going there, which was a fulfillment of Daniel, that the Ancient of Days would come in a cloud and stand before the throne of God. God it, so what are you saying is that sign? The sign was to the people who had not received the Christ and were now being destroyed, fulfilling Daniel 12, fulfilling the judgment. on Once they realized they were in judgment and that, that Yahweh w- were, was done with the nation, the nation itself, not the Jew, but the nation, the temple worship, the way that their economy ran, how it was they were his people. So you're saying it's when the temple was destroyed. Yes. When that happened, then their access as the Jewish nation to Yahweh was ceased. Christ changed it. Those who did not receive him, right? Mm -hmm. He came into his own and his own received him not. But those who received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. So for everyone listening, and for everyone that's going to go back into these studies, if you remember in every single one of these studies, Rick alludes to how many years after, and that the temple was destroyed. So keep those things in mind as you're going through this. How many years after what? When you talk about uh, the temple was destroyed, because the temple wasn't destroyed right away. No, it was 40 years. Yes. Which is a generation, which is interesting, you know. But everything that, it it just clicked in my mind as you're saying that, um, that every single discourse that we've had that's what you've alluded to. You've come back to that as saying that. And so I'm just saying for everybody that's yeah. going back to listen to this, remember that every everything, we're circling back around to the same point you've been making. Right. So, Billy, I want to ask you a question. So, what I, what I just said a minute ago is that, you know, Christ died, let's say, 80-30. He was 33 years old. They think he was born in 4 BC, 3 BC, whatever. Let's say he was born at zero, then it would be 80-33. Christ dies at the age of 33, and he says, this generation, whenever I come back, okay? Remember, I said, within the context of them sitting there, they don't even know about a second coming yet, remember? We said that. They wouldn't have known about a second coming yet. He tells them that he's going to go and prepare a place for them, but they forgot that he was going to die. They forgot that he said he was going to be resurrected. Like they didn't. Remember. And they're also they're also remembering their Judaism. Exactly, and so they they have all of these things that they don't know and don't understand. And Jesus isn't talking about. He's telling them about him returning. They're thinking about him coming into his kingdom as Messiah while they're all there, which is why Judas is there in the first place. Okay, is to come into that kingdom. He wants to be powerful. So what I'm saying, Billy, is that in this time frame, from AD 30 to AD 70 is when the Acts of the Apostles happen. That's when Peter starts preaching. That's when Barnabas comes in. That's when Saul comes in, who becomes Paul. That's when all of these epistles and all of these gospels and all of this stuff is written from AD 30 to about AD 66. 
right around that time frame when all of it was written. Now, the only one that's in question is Revelation. They think that it was written in AD 96. I disagree with that. However, there was only one person that said it, and that was Irenaeus, and everybody else is quoting from that. Most scholars today believe that it was written in AD 66. That's the latest of all the epistles in letters written. They believe, okay? Some of the earliest epistles, even before the Gospels, were some of Paul's writings that they found, okay? So if you go back in time and you're in AD 40, you've still got 30 years until the temple's being destroyed. And this man is telling you, the Lord said that we're in the last days and that that temple's going to be destroyed in my generation, if you read those letters from that perspective, it's going to make more sense to you if you're reading a letter in your time. Yes. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. So if we're reading it 2,000 years later, as if it means something to us now, but some of those churches that are in Revelation don't even exist anymore, they're gone, guys. The angels that visited the seven churches in Asia Minor, they don't exist, guys. So where are these angels going to talk to now? They did exist in the time. So we need to go back in history and understand that whenever Paul is talking about a future event, it was a future event to them. But see, we've, we've learned through churches that all that was for us now. I know we have for the last 200 years. Yeah, That was not a teaching of the early church fathers. It's almost like you've been duped. I know that sounds weird. I, I, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> well, you look at the different That's times it, that there have been folks, changes thanks. in the bottle. You <laughs> We've know, been duped. Six hundred. Andy was right. Six hundred <laughs> in, in the sixth century. You know, in the third the third century, you get a Bible. In the sixth century, you have changes. You have, and then you go to the Catholic Church, and and then you have. Uh, you know, the Bible change, you have the St. James Bible, you have uh, uh, all of the different guys that come out and say, no, 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 my religion, no, 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 it's not supposed to be this way against the Catholic Church. Then you have uh, different meetings of the church bodies coming up with the rules and the regulations and saying what books will be in the Bible and what won't be in the Bible. We've had so many changes. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, if you don't know your Bible very well, if I say, as it, you know, as it was predicted in the the book of Daniel, for instance. It's probably meaningless to Andy because Andy doesn't know when Daniel was actually written, right? That is correct. So Daniel might seem like it's the same book as Ephesians because he doesn't know. We BC. know. That's correct. It was like 580 BC is when Daniel was written, right after they were destroyed. You know, it was right in that, that time frame whenever Nebuchadnezzar destroyed the temple the first time and exiled the Jewish people to Babylon. Well, and, and all that has One to of the do with exiles. Judaism because all the Jew, Judaism stops. <laughs> yeah. It has a hard stop in the Bible, whereas we don't as Christians. Right. So, so basically, if I say, well, uh, Jesus is aligning with Daniel, what does that mean? Jesus is aligning with something that a man 580 years before he was born was saying was going to happen in his time. He's fulfilling prophecy. He's, I, I'm still stuck on the fact that the temple was destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar. That's right. So the second temple destruction is a very like, what's that, Return of the Jedi situation? <laughs> yeah, it's actually a rebuilt temple because they that's what that's what they're waiting for now. Yeah, there's some books in the Bible called Ezra and Nehemiah mm -hmm. and Daniel and Esther which we're going to do a study on. Those are all written around the same time in Ezekiel. They were all written around the same time frame. And Ezra and Nehemiah 
actually go back because Cyrus the what is he Cyrus the Mede? Yeah, Cyrus the Persian. I can't remember. Medo-Persian. Cyrus allows them to go back and rebuild the temple after Nebuchadnezzar destroyed it. Okay, so the Medo-Persians come in and take out Babylon, and then they allow the Jews to go back after being in exile for 70 years to rebuild the temple. So they rebuild it, and then by the time of when Jesus comes, they had been working on the temple. King Herod had been working on the temple um, and rebuilding that temple for, what do they say, almost 50 years? Well, this thing's like 35 acres big, right? Yeah, it's huge. Wow, yeah. yeah. So they're rebuilding this temple, you know, and while they're rebuilding it, they're rebuilding the wall of Jerusalem, they're rebuilding the temple, and Herod's temple, they called it at that time, when Christ was there, hadn't been there very long. As a matter of fact, Jesus stands on the steps of the temple and says, destroy this temple and I'll raise it up in three days. It took, and they're like, yeah, it took us 30 years to build it. Yeah, it's like, it took us 50 years to build it. You're not even, you know, what are you talking about? He's talking about himself. Exactly. He was talking about his body, which we know. So if Jesus said that, the temple was destroyed in AD 70, what temple should we be talking about then? The temple of Christ. Yes. Know you not that you are the temple of God? I've been saying this a whole long We are the temple. Christ is the temple, and we are in Christ. We are that new temple. He was the cornerstone that the builders rejected. We are the living stones that are on that foundation. Paul even said, no one build on any more than my own foundation. I finish up the suffering in my own body. Like, to continue building, first it's Christ, then me, and then everyone else on top. Right? We're building this temple together as people. So while right now, while the Jewish nation is in pain, wanting to have their temple rebuilt in Jerusalem, I'm not saying it to be mean. I'm not saying in an anti-Semitic way, it's never going to happen, or sorry, Jew. I'm like, I'm not being ugly. I'm saying it because God said it. Their God. It's been obvious for 2,000 years that they missed it. That's exactly right. And so it's difficult. It's difficult to bridge that gap whenever you have Baptist churches that are teaching you that they are still God's chosen people. Do you believe that? I've never thought of it. The, the Jews believe that they're God's chosen people because they were the children of Abraham. That's what they say. But John the Baptist said, hey, God can take rocks and make them his sons. Don't say it's that you're from Abraham. Christ even said that. Abraham rejoiced in my day. You weren't born. What are you talking about? Because he is, he says, I am. They picked up stones to kill him, you know? He was there when, when Abraham saw who he was, which was the promised seed. So the problem is that we're focused on a futuristic temple in the church today when we need to be focusing on the actual temple, which was Christ and who we are, which are the living stones and part of that. Temple. I think we get lost in a bunch of jibber jabber, and we need to remember this. Christ is where we put our faith, and will we believe in God? We acknowledge God, we study, and we follow the rules, and we follow the Great Commission, and not worry about all that other stuff, because it doesn't matter. Okay. I love what you're saying, and I agree with you 100%. Tell that to Greg Laurie, one of the most famous pastors of his time. He is on the radio right now. He's talking about what's going on in Ukraine and Russia, and he's talking about Gog and Magog and how this is the specific time. 
I'm going to start Ezekiel off by saying 35 and 36 or 38 and 39 or wherever it is. I'll start off by saying I love Greg Laurie. Tell him I, that. Tell I him know to stop Greg telling Laurie. us this stuff. I was in his church at 19, and I've told this before, yes. where he said, you need to have a personal relationship because I was in the Catholic church. But that doesn't mean I believe, that doesn't mean I go along with everyone here. I, I, I can't think of a church that I've been to where I haven't had a disagreement with something that was said by someone. Sure. Not necessarily every single pastor. So... I I don't know what it is that you're referring to, and I, I'll I'll listen to him because I used to listen to him all the time. I'm just I talking just, about I'm, the end time prophecy is what's going on right now. Okay, David Jeremiah is very well known as a guy with. I the just end got time a prophecy. text from him today with with something about that, and there, I just haven't read it yet. It's just it's never ending. If you're if you're constantly being bombarded with every time we have something like this, so one of the things that I found about the big churches, and I was a member of a couple of them, every time something like this comes up. They're going to want to be relevant this and bring sign. more people in. So yes. they're going to start talking about all this and referring to it as yes. far as this is the, all of these things coming true and all of these things coming true. And, you know, not getting away from the fact of what you're talking about, there is still futuristic stuff that's coming that hasn't happened. And, you know, what. There still is going to be an you just end said someday. That, as matter of fact, as if you know what it is. Tell me what it is. What are we waiting on? What are we waiting on? Uh, I don't know that we're waiting. I don't think it's. I don't think it's over for us. I think eventually the world's going to be gone. I think we're going to destroy the world and our, or or ourselves, and the world will keep going on. Now, whether that's judgment or not, I don't know. I don't know a place in the Bible where it says that we are or are not going to. Uh, have another coming of Christ where he's going to come over. Because in there it talks about coming over and ruling and tribulation in a thousand years. And yeah, on the, the millennial earth and, reign. And, that's right. right. Yep. So I don't know if any of that's going to happen. I've always kept out of the revelation just because I didn't understand any of it. And it's not relevant to me because if Christ comes, he already knows I believe in him. I may be the last one in, but I'll be in. And I'm okay with that. And I'm okay with having discussion about it, but I don't waste one second of or ounce of my energy on what might happen or what somebody else said might happen. I'm fixed on I think what I'm doing today yeah. with my relationship with Christ and with my uh, reaching out to others so that they have a relationship with Christ for, for their salvation, number one, mm-hmm. because I believe in that, even though many people don't. And then for their own there are so many, there is so much emotional. I mean, all of this stuff now is, is you got to have emotional intelligence, emotional this and emotional that. Where did all of this stuff come from? When did we become such sissies? When, when did we become such babies that somebody can't have a conversation with us? Somebody can't tell the joke about us. Somebody can't Ask Hollywood. come to us and, 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 and <laughs> have, our a, have an argument with us and, and saying they disagree with what we say and have an intelligent conversation about it or hey get off your butt and do some work but now you can't talk to people this way you can't talk to people that you got to be watch what you say every time you turn around yada 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 oh my gosh look let's get back to the basics yeah you know if 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 we are the temples is it possible we could see a day where there is like no temples like godly temples just just hear me out for a second like if there's like there's no more believers. There's no more, like, we're still humans, but there's no more God temples or, you see what I'm saying, right? Sure. Yeah. Kind of like, is that the end? Is that, 
every temple is destroyed. Like there's just no more believing. There's just no more. I don't. I don't think I mean, there'll I mean, ever be a. I don't no see an believing. end. I, okay. A lot of people okay. believe that there is an end of time and an end of this and end of that because of what Revelation says. Yeah, in their mind, it's what it. Well, says. that's what we've been taught. You know, there, there's. Be I ready. He's coming. As, yeah, he's coming. I know? believe that we're in the new heaven and new earth, and nobody was nobody understands that because they think well, this is heaven. Well, this sucks. Yeah, I get yeah, it. yeah. But if he said heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Well, the old heaven and earth, which was Israel, and when God was with Israel, passed away. But his words didn't. His word is in us. It's still going yeah. forward. The the messianic kingdom age never has an end. So while we're on earth, heaven on earth means that we are the temple. We are there. We are. He is the holy city. He is all in all. That we're living our life now, and that we will not see that heavenly city, that one where where we are standing before God, until we exit this mortal body and are given the new one that can handle it. Like, that's how I see it. Well, that's like, they talk about the light of Christ and you can't look at it or you go blind. And that's true because if you've ever been outside in the sun, in the snow, where you were in a snow drift where there was snow everywhere around you, it is blinding, uh, absolutely blinding. So I could see how that much light could do that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but what you'll do you need believe? Some new eyeballs, right? What do you believe? Already is need some happen new eyeballs. When you die? What do I believe is going to happen when I die? Mm-hmm. Well, I to believe, you, your body, your spirit, your your. I believe that my natural body will die, and will go into the ground. I believe that my spirit will continue. That it will be placed in the presence of God, and that Christ will be at the right hand. And from there, I have no clue. Do you believe you're going to be judged right away when you die? Or do you think that that's going to be a time that's going to be waiting, where you have to wait? My only confusion between the millennial reign and the end of time, great white throne judgment, is why I'm a partial preterist, why I can't quite figure all that part out, is that I believe that everyone is judged by what they do according to that judgment in, in AD 70 when that was destroyed. That's what I think Christ is talking about then. But I think for us— I don't think it's works, we're ju- No, it, that's what I'm telling you. It was then. It was in AD 70. When it ended, the just shall live by faith. We, Because we have faith in him, we're justified. That's the only justification there is. We're, right? That's it. All right, yeah. The just shall live by faith. No matter matter what you do, no matter what you've done, you believe in Christ. Right. James writes and says, show me your faith, you know, your faith without works is dead. So, in other words, show me your faith by your works. That's what James says. Right. But then Paul says, well, we're justified by our faith. And the Catholics say, just give them a little bit of money and uh, we'll <laughs> Is get that what you they in. say? <laughs> you know, I don't know. A good friend of mine actually just converted me to Catholicism. Close to the throne. <laughs> yeah. A good friend of mine just converted from Baptist to Catholicism like four years ago. I've seen conversions the I'm other su- way. I know. I'm super excited. He's coming He's coming down here, and he's going to give his testimony. Yeah, he just went to Israel. So awesome. I can't wait so, for him to come here. So he's, he was he was converted to Catholicism? He converted while he was—well, he said that he wanted some consistency. Mm-hmm. While he was in the military, he had a lot of 
struggles. Like he would go to a different city, suddenly they're in a Baptist church and they're zany and they believe. Oh that yeah, you, you go should, to Catholic church anywhere in the world and they're all the same. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's interesting. You see, and oh, so wow. he wanted okay. some consistency and he was struggling because he want you know he'd go to this church and all of a sudden it's like let's rattle some chicken bones, boy, and get that. Go, go yeah. to church anywhere in the world and you're standing up, sitting down, and kneeling at the same time, brother. Yeah. That's right. And that's how it is. So that consistency oh, wow. was great yeah, for him. He wanted that. Okay. Yeah, I get and that. he got it. Yeah. I do yeah. too. Like it's I totally get it. Important for oh, when I go back home, and if I go to a Catholic church with a friend of mine. In fact, I just went to my fortieth reunion, and uh, it's at a Catholic school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there was mass earlier uh, that day, and I went. And that's funny. They've changed the words. Oh, really? The word. A lot of the words are different. It's all of the same things, but everything's updated. You would if you if you grew up Catholic and you go to church today and you haven't been in say ten or fifteen years. There's a lot of stuff you wouldn't recognize. Sure. Now a lot of the new things pope? that they do are the same, but new language. Right. Was it was it new pope? I you know honestly I don't know when it happened. Are they molesting boys less now? You know I'm not joking. Like uh, have they got that under control? So One I think hopes. that's been going on throughout all of society, no more so in one church or one group than another. I think since statistically it was happening at higher rates in the Catholic Church, and that is the problem. I think in any institution where you say you have to be celibate, that uh, is a good point. That you're going to have something like that, whether it be with boys or with married women. Right. There's going to be any time you try to repress a kind of a basic human urge like that. Exactly. You're going to. And it's like you're going to end up said, with problems. Yeah. She was like, tell me I can't have that donut. Because <laughs> she's yeah, going to yeah. eat the donut, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. I, I was very lucky. We had Father Cronin, and he was, I, I, he must have been from somewhere in New York because he was a no-nonsense. He was he was a man's man and no-nonsense. You know he came from New York. And yeah, he, and There's no way. And Father Gunty was, ended up marrying a woman. So I got lucky where I was. It wasn't going to happen. It's one of those things. In order for it to be an epidemic, when something is that bad, it doesn't have to be an 80% hit rate. No. It could be like 10%. Right. And 10%, you know, child molestation is a huge. wild problem. <laughs> oh, anything over so, than so 0.1% like, most is people are gonna. Most people are not going to run into that. Sure. You know what I mean? Is, is For as much as it's talked about, I don't know what the actual rate is. Obviously, numbers out of air. Um, but- but yeah, most people probably didn't have that experience, but yeah. enough people did that made it exceptional. Sure. Oh, I, I agree. Well, and I'm sorry that we, you know, we got off on that tangent there, but I just, you know, I wanted to to answer your question that you initially came at me with. You know, I, I just believe that when my body dies, that my soul doesn't, because Christ tells that to Martha in John chapter 11. You know. Is it okay if I just, just pull it up and read it? We just it? don't know what it's going to be because nobody's really been there and back. No, they really don't know. I mean, they really don't. But if you if you listen to what, what Jesus says to Martha, um, he, he kind of lays it out for you, okay? And of course, we remember this. This is when Lazarus is dead and he's going to be resurrected, but Martha is upset. And um, next week, re- we release the uh, testimony of Tiziana Severs. I'm super excited. Oh, cool. This, this uh, comes after I think people are really going to dig that. Yeah. yeah. This episode actually comes after it. So you guys, if you've listened, you've already heard it. And so you're going to know, um, you know what I'm about to say, how she explained the difference between Martha and Mary. And uh, it's phenomenal what she says. You know, there's a difference in mood. 
Mary sat at the feet of Jesus and loved him and was desperate and hurting. But Martha was like, if you'd just been here, you know, like, where were you at? Oh, yeah. We, we've talked about yeah. that before yeah. when Jesus said, you should be here with your sister. She gets it. She's here spending time with me, and you're saying she should help you in the kitchen. Right. So if you go to John eleven twenty one, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Now you notice how she said the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, and by the way, I believe the last day as a hyperproterous brief is 80, 70, and I'm dangerously close to that. I am. I'm dangerously close to it. Verse 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. So let me explain to you how this works in time, just like the Olivet Discourse works in time. Okay? Paul says, I don't want you to be upset about those who have died because the dead in Christ will rise first, right? Then we which are alive and remain will be caught up in the air and forever be with the Lord. We just said this, right? Mm -hmm. So listen to what Jesus is saying. I am the resurrection in life. Me, I. Jesus is the resurrection in life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. So before the judgment... During this time frame, while the church is growing, these there are Christians who are dying. And Paul's saying, I don't want you to be upset. Don't be ignorant. The dead in Christ will rise first. So Jesus is saying, whoever dies, yet shall he live. Right? So you're but saying then, when Jesus ascended into heaven, that's when all of the those souls that believed. Not ascended into heaven. I believe when judgment happened and it was done, the, the, the elect were gathered at that time. It was a spiritual event where people who were alive were seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Because he says, no, you're not that you're seated in, in, with Christ. We're in Christ. But at that point, the elect were gathered in a spiritual manner. And from that point on, when we die, we, we don't actually die. So our a- physical bodies do, but our spirit, he brings eternal life. But we're not all walking around alive forever. Who, we, here, here's, something, our husk goes. here's something I've been asked since I'm doing this, and I haven't had a chance to bring it up to you yet. What about everyone who died before Christ? I believe that they will be, that the, either A, whenever Christ went and preached in what they called Hades or Sheol at the time. I don't know if it's everybody before that, but in my personal opinion, they will be judged based on their relationship and how they treated others and based on their heart. You, do you see what I mean? Well, like we, we, prior to Christ. So do you believe there's exception for people that have m- mental illnesses that go out and kill a whole bunch 100%. of people? 100%. Yes. And for people that uh, are in a country, so let's go somewhere in Africa and there's a tribe there that's never spoken with anybody outside. Yeah, I mean, how can tribe. they be judged if they never heard? Okay, I, I'm just seeing if we're on the same page there. Yeah, I mean, how can you be judged if you never heard? Uh, I, I get that, that's but like you, go into, say, you go into churches and you'll not hear that. Right. Your four-year-old, four-year-old dies, you know, but he didn't accept Christ. Did he go to hell? Of course not. 
No way. Well, there are some people that do believe that. Well, in my opinion, they're sadistic and very wrong. That'd be half the pastors out How do we know whenever there is the age, whenever a person can accept or reject. Well, yeah, I, I don't want to get into the what ifs or this scenario or whatever, but like you always hear about a 80 year old man, um, just dying on his deathbed uh-huh. and then he dies and he come to know Christ then as he was dying, may have been a old George Carlin, cruel, negative, non-believer, whatever. Do you George believe? Carlin? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do did you, George Carlin do that? He did. That's what that's George Carlin had a deathbed con- oh, conversion. Oh, I don't know. I just I don't know if it was said, deathbed, but I know at the end of his cruel. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do yeah. know at like, the end of his life he was converted. I think. Let, let me put it to you this way. Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, if if you believe, what, I, what's the difference in me believing again, yesterday or or when I'm dying? The fact is, if you're, I think it's it's about your mind. W- whenever you are at that place, right, where you have an understanding. And we, we talk about, you know, you know how I argue about choice and, and how we get into this. You're going to be amazed at this. There are many people that don't have the mental capacity to choose. That's true. And, and I think if a person on his deathbed says, I confess, I want to be saved. I believe that I've lived my life wrong and I'm sorry. I want to know where God is and be with God. And I believe that Jesus is the way. And he says it that way. Done. You know, I'm. I have no issue with it. Now, when people start arguing with me, well, like there's so many different ways to God, I can't agree with you. I can't. There's only because one because I to believe God. that Christ is the only way, and there's. that is, and I know what He did in order to make that happen for me. And no other religion. But too many people has take it. that literally and say the, uh, the only way to God is through Christ. And if you never said, "I believe yeah. in Christ," well, there's so many people that never had the opportunity. That what about people who are mute? And can't say Christ at all. They can accept. Well, they can in their accept heart. in their mind. Of course they can. Yeah. So can anybody else. There's people that believe you can't get to heaven unless you're baptized. Well, how about the guy on the cross that was beside Jesus? He didn't get baptized. He was a Jew. He was a Jew. <laughs> By the way, so was Peter, and so was Paul, yeah. and so were all Most these other Christians. They were all Jewish, except for Luke. Right, so how can we be anti-Semitic? They were Jewish. We love, you know what I'm saying. Like, well, yeah, if if you don't agree that the guy on the deathbed can also be saved right then, you're just jealous. Sure, because like, well, where uh, was Paul born? Uh, I Turkey, mean, uh, yeah, Turkey. Yeah, he was yeah. Turkish, but he was Jew. Yeah, so anyway, studied under Gamaliel, and I and I don't want to keep us going too long because this this episode's you know I, I think it's interesting you know what? who he studied under. Gamaliel. Yeah. It says it in the book of Acts. Yes, I know what I just, you know, every time I turn around, there's something that I know that I think, okay, I'm okay. I know things. And then Rick knows everything. Every single time I, don't know everything. I think I know something, Rick already knows it. Well, I have, an, I have another question. Okay, and, and yeah. This, this is bringing back to our subject. So the goats and the sheep, so there's like- That was from, a big loop. I love it. <laughs> that was a great loop. All right, he is running. So, so we have looked at um, similarities- in all the Gospels, you know, with uh, crucifixion, uh, whatever. Yeah, the crucifixion and, yeah, yeah, and, and the, the resurrection. resurrection. Correct me if I'm wrong, but was Matthew the only one that said anything about goats and sheep? Yes. Why? Oh, as far as the sheep and the goats. Yeah, why? I think so. I think he's the only one that did the parables. I couldn't find it or in what Mark they call the or parables. Luke. Yeah. Or, and there was a lot of similarities 
with the story of the fig tree, the Noah. Yes. But there was nothing about sheep and goats in the other Gospels. Yeah, and there it's the same reason why uh, in the Gospel of John, Lazarus is mentioned, and it's not in Matthew, okay. Mark, and Luke. Okay. I, I just, Every author I, has what they remember or recall or what we believe is the Holy Spirit inspired them to write down. I mean, that just really and stood not out. Possible. So I was just like curious why that wasn't mentioned in the other Gospels. Because that, that was a big verse. I mean, they'll make your... You know, you're like, wow, I don't want to be a goat, you know? So, anyway. Well, and see, again, again, if you put this in its time and in its context, the sheep and the goats took place whenever Jerusalem and the Jewish nation was destroyed. I think that that is the key to everything. Is this the basis for the entire sheep go to heaven, goats go to hell? Yes. That's kind of the way I took it. Satan has got the Baphomet and all that. Baphomet. Sure. I mean, it's not the the sheep of Jesus, the... The flock. It's, it's is this- long before the Bible. That's long before. Now, the sheep so, is, yes, the shepherd and the sheep come from the Jewish people, okay, the Hebrew so people, because they were shepherds. Earlier. But the goat and all of that stuff is long before. So, is Tom Brady not going okay. to heaven? Tom Brady? Yeah. Why? Because he's, he's the goat. Yeah, he's the goat. Oh, dang it. Yeah, right. Ding dong. Yeah. Rim okay. that, baby. <laughs> so, there you go. All right. And the answer is, yes, he's going to heaven. <laughs> he's going right to the top. He's the cream of the crop. <laughs> what I consider the greatest of all time, period. Everybody's like, oh, man, Peyton Manning, man, Aaron Rodgers. No, it's like, no. sorry, pal. It's Tommy. Terry Bradshaw. <laughs> Wrong TB. Yeah. Wrong TB12. <laughs> yeah. He was yeah. the TB12, yeah. yeah. wasn't he? Yeah, exactly. The original. Well, I think another thing that people need to keep in mind, too, is, uh, and, and you just alluded to some part, half of what I'm thinking, is you know, in the time that this happened, and in the way they talked about things in that time, and also the language that was used, because the language being interpreted into our language has uh, made some changes. And, you know, move a comma, change the meaning of a word that's a little right. bit. And We've talked about that in here before. So that's, a, that's another thing to keep in mind. When One of the things that I believe that the priests were trying to, when I want to come and question, which I did always, um, they would say you have to have faith, and I would. I, I think I believe back then I took it the wrong way. I felt like they were brushing me off, and in many ways, I think some of them did brush me off, and they didn't want to answer my question. But I think at a certain point, you can't understand everything, and so at a certain point, you get to something that you don't understand. When you walk away and leave it alone, just say, "For now, I'm going to have faith with that one," until I can come back to it and get a better understanding of it, and just have faith that you know. You just have faith in Jesus and then come back to those things that you question. Instead of letting those question marks become stones that step you away and lead you somewhere else, let that just be something that I said, this one I'm going to have to chalk up to. I have to have faith on that one, let that one go, and move on to something else that I can understand. Because there's a lot of stuff in the Bible I don't understand, starting with all of Revelation. Right. Well, let's wrap this up here. Just just give me a, just a couple more minutes. If you remember whether you were a sheep or you were a goat, there was the question of how um, he was hungry and he was thirsty. He was a stranger. He was naked. He was sick and he was in prison. So the Son of Man is saying that, right? I was naked. And so the sheep clothed them. Whatsoever you do to the least of my brothers. There it is. That you do unto me. Yes. So if we keep this in time, when the Son of Man comes 
and he judges this. And I'm saying that this judgment occurred on the nation of Israel already. So I'm putting it in its time. Okay. Faith, we're justified by faith in this messianic age. At that time, you chose, right? Some chose. They made decisions to choose. So some chose to feed them and some chose to ignore them. Some saw them naked and didn't care and left them out in the cold. Some saw that they were strangers and didn't invite them in and just told them to go on their way. Some were left in prison and no one came and visited them. And if you didn't do it to the least of his brethren, then you did it under Christ, right? All right, so if you remember when Jesus told his disciples, go out, he gave them the power to go out and cast out demons and to preach the gospel. Remember the 70 when he sends them out? And he gives them some, he tells them some things. When the Holy Spirit descended upon them. Well, well, yeah, but that was later in the book of Acts. At this point, he gives them the power to go out and to cast out demons and do all these things, right? Well, do you remember whenever Jesus is, he, when he sends them out, he tells them this. If you go back again in Matthew, Matthew chapter 10, verse 5, listen to this. These 12 Jesus sent out, instructing them, go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go out of the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Listen to what he's saying, guys. Listen very carefully. These 12 Jesus sent out, instructing them, go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and proclaim as you go, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is Jesus' commands to his 12 disciples to don't go anywhere near the Gentiles or the Samaritans, go only to the lost sheep. Okay? Now, if you skip over to verse 10, listen to what he says. If anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet when you leave that house or town. Truly, I say to you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. Think about the context of the sheep and the goats. Listen to what Jesus is saying when he tells them to go to the lost sheep. If they don't accept you, shake the dust of that town off. It's going to be better for Sodom and Gomorrah than it is for the town that didn't understand who he was. Back to the ones who, who had the option and the ability to choose. Yes, Listen to this, Matthew 10, 25. It is enough for the disciple to be like his teacher and the servant like his master. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more will they malign those of his household? If you remember, the people of his time said that Jesus cast out demons with the power of Beelzebub. Remember? The sheep and the goats. In the beginning, Jesus said, don't go to the Gentiles. Don't go to the Samaritans. Seek out the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And those that took them in and cared for them were his sheep. Those that didn't were not. They were the goats. That's the dividing line. Okay? So, the mystery of God that was not in the Old Testament, that was revealed to Paul and revealed to Peter, was that the Gentile and the Jew would become equal. God would see them as the same because not all of Israel was Israel. Paul says that too. Look it up, listeners. Go look it up. Not all of Israel is Israel. But Paul wanted to make it very clear. It's not, though that, it's not that the promise that God made to Abraham wasn't fulfilled. It is, but it's not based on fleshly birth. It's based on faith because he had faith 
and God and believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. That's what Abraham did. So from we need to be we need to understand that these sheep and these goats they made these choices while the disciples were there. He said, "Remember what he said: If you haven't done it unto the least of these, my brethren, doesn't that sound like what Jesus just said in Matthew chapter ten? Okay, so it's a lot easier for us to understand it if we keep it in its context. That's why I love the Gospel of Matthew. I love them all, but the Gospel well, of Matthew. I think most of the preaching. When they preached, they didn't preach future because they didn't know future, and most people weren't intelligent enough to be able to think that far ahead other than when is the next rain coming based on the seasons. Mm -hmm. And so everything, I think, back in that time, everyone took to be what's the here and now. Sure. I think think we forget uh, what time this was and where people were intellectually and and how old they live too you know remember we're we're living 70 80 90 100 they didn't back then mm-hmm. you know 40 was 40 50 was old yeah sure oh uh, yeah you know absolutely so uh, you know it and and there were also a lot of wars there so a lot of people died young and then we didn't have the doctors they have and they didn't have you know, people washing their hands and the cleanliness and the Kids sewers and, and everything else. Oh, yeah. yeah it, right. It's- so, all right. I'm going to say this last thing and then I'm done. And then I got a really good joke. I know that's good to me. Well, I'm sure you believe it's good. It is possible that neither of those things you just said is true. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to point out. He's yeah. so right. Yeah. He'll, he'll think about it and he'll Matthew- be... Chapter 10. I want you to listen to these words. Matthew chapter 10. Remember, the sheep and the goats is in 25, 15 chapters mm-hmm, later. Mm-hmm. So listen to Matthew 10, starting with verse 40. This is when he sends them out. It's still that time in chapter 10 when he's sending them out. Whoever receives you receives me. And whoever receives me receives him who sent me. Was he talking about the Gentiles and the Samaritans in this chapter? He's talking about God. He's talking about the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Whoever receives me, whoever receives you receives me. Right. Whoever receives me receives him who sent me. In other words, if you go out and you go into a town and you tell them about Christ and they accept you, they're accepting you and they're accepting my father at the same time. That's what I said, God. That's right. And they're accepting God. But my point that I'm trying to make is he's not talking to the Gentiles or the Samaritans. He's talking to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. The one who receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward, and the one who receives a righteous person because he is a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water because he is a disciple, truly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. The Jews hated Christ. They killed him, but not all of them They didn't all hate him. That's right. That's why we're not anti-Semitic. That's what I'm saying. I why where does this anti-Semitic thing come from all of a sudden today? Are you getting No, we've been talking about it throughout this whole discourse. Because I know we're but talking about that today he you're is judging the Jews. Pretty, pretty hard where you're saying we're not we're not mm-hmm. because I'm not. telling you that the Jews are not the chosen people of God. I think Okay, I well think, that doesn't that's, uh, not, that's not what the Bible, the Baptist that's church not, is yeah, teaching yeah. that that's right not, now. That's not anti-Semitic uh, in uh, in and of itself though. Oh, it's absolutely anti-Semitic. If I tell you that they are not the chosen ones of God, which is what is being taught in churches today. I don't think that my Jewish friends, that, and maybe I just don't know them well enough that what I'm saying is true, 
but I don't think my Jewish friends would think I was anti-Semitic because I said Jews were not the chosen people of God. <laughs> I'm only laughing because are they actually Jews? Like, yeah. do they go to do they go to synagogue? Yes. Uh, I dare you to say that yeah. very thing in their in their presence. I think well, I have I think no problem say, saying it to both of them, and I, I I would ask their opinion. Oh, absolutely, and I'm, maybe you have a loving relationship, and they will not. I do, and they'll tell me the truth, and that's great. Ask them if they do they believe that Jesus was the Messiah. Oh, I know they don't believe that. Okay, so if they don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah, then are they accepted by God the Father? No. There you go. I mean, that was a strong case, as far as I'm concerned. That's what they missed the time of the visitation. Well, they all know that. That's We've known that for 2,000 years. Then how in the world is John Hagee and the rest of the Baptist churches saying that they're the chosen people of God? They are Christ-killing God-haters in the time of Christ. He left them desolate. How in the world can our churches be teaching that they're the chosen people of God? They're not... We, anyone who trusts in Christ, become... I I don't take it that way. I take it that they are talking about they are the chosen ones of God in in Christ's time. I take it like that. I don't take it like they're saying that today. I take it like they're saying that the Jews were... I'm I'm telling telling you, you, I don't take it that way. If they say... Hamas better watch out throwing bombs over into Jerusalem. They need to remember that they're God's chosen people. How am I supposed to understand that? We are God's chosen people. You don't even believe you were chosen. <laughs> oh, that was a that was a callback to a I joke, Ralph. That. I yeah, love you. I I'm that. just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, Ralph believes he had a choice. It's not that he didn't believe he was chosen. Right, Ralph. It's uh, just that he believed he had a partner. Andy, you were right. I lied. I'm not done. Yeah, yeah not done. <laughs> it wasn't, also, you didn't lie. We uh, just knew you weren't going to be done. Yeah, also, this is gonna the, joke, the joke was up for debate, yeah. so we'll see. This is 7.5 starting. <laughs> this is your, this, this is going to, I wasn't even going to bring it out in this episode because as soon as I do, I'm really going to be set apart. But I'm working on a study on my own. I've never heard this doctrine ever taught, okay? If I keep everything in its time and I say that, 80, 70, when all of that was destroyed. If I say that happened, okay, and that from that point that the elect came up, if I'm a hyper-preterist and I believe that the elect went up in spiritual form and then all of this is the new heaven and the new earth and that the gospel is still, you never stop sharing the gospel ever in the messianic kingdom. It never ends. You always preach the gospel. Always the good news of Christ. So that means that society as a whole still is depraved and still has sin right? But sin can be dealt with and you can have eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. We know this. Scripture says that. That goes on forever, okay? And then when you get into the, the glorious throne room or in the city, and when you get into that heavenly realm, which is where we believe our dead people are now, who were believers, then that's whenever you have the joy and the peace and your absence from all of the sin that's affecting us here in this world. Now, if I believe it in that time, you know who Calvinists are. I'm just thinking Calvin, Calvinists, Luther, Lutherist, Lutherans, Welch, Welchans. Yeah, <laughs> Welchans. In a hundred years, listen, we're going to have a new sect. I will be. I will Welch on a bet. Listen to this. <laughs> if you keep it in its time, you know what Calvinists believe. Calvinists believe that 
man doesn't choose. They, they have plenty of scriptures. They have plenty of scriptures to read, don't they? I can read them to you all day long. Here they are. Let's, let me just read one of them to you. He says, uh, <laughs> that's, that's a good quote. That's, 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 <laughs> I remember when he said uh, that. Ephesians 1, 4, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. I think God chooses us when he makes us and it's up to us to choose him to get to stay. Second Thessalonians 2, but we ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers beloved by the Lord, because God chose you as the first fruits to be saved through sanctification by the spirit and belief in the truth. Listen to this wacky okay, okay. idea. I want back that up. Who said that? When? To whom? Paul in Second Thessalonians to the Thessalonians of his time. Okay. Keep it in its time. Uh, You're going to like this. Yeah. Listen. I'm going to say. Listen, to, say, listen, get ready. It like you were broadly applying that thing that was time specific. I'm not broadly. Okay. That's what's going to be amazing. <laughs> you, okay. you, if you looked at you like listen. I'm looking at you, you'd say you were broadly. Listen ah. to me. Listen to me. But we ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers beloved by the Lord, because God chose you as the first fruits to be saved through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. If, in fact, the hyperpreterists are correct, then it, it is quite possible that Calvinism can be correct, and after the destruction of the temple, that the Arminians who believe that you have freedom of the will can happen. It can be both. It's the first time I've ever seen Calvinism and Ar Arminianism being able to both be correct. Now there's enough... proven everybody's right. There's... I'm only talking about Calvinists and Arminius. I'm what, saying, what is Arminius? Arminians See, is believe so in the freedom of the will. Yeah. They believe that you choose God. Okay. Where Calvinism, in Calvinism, they don't believe that you no, choose okay. God at all. They believe that God chooses you. And that's because there's enough language in the scripture that actually says these things. Says supports both. But if you keep it in its context, in the time of the people, and don't broadly do it and just keep it for them, what did he say? He chose us in him before the foundation of the world. He chose you as the first fruits to be saved. In other words, they didn't have a choice. They didn't, yeah. You do. That's do you what see? it seems. That's what that seems to imply, yes. Now, yeah. there's not a doctrine out there that teaches that, at least that I know of. That's some wacky stuff, and I, I'd be surprised if I don't get burned alive, you know, <laughs> like, like Joan of Arc, the original transgender. So let's end it there. <laughs> listen, you let me say this to the listeners. You can't hear Ralph shaking his head. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I am going to punch him in the mouth for calling me broad. <laughs> Will <All right>. Smith. <laughs> hey! I'm calling the kettle black here. <laughs> I can't, they can't hear you, Ralph. So he's been mic'd off. He's out. No. Yeah, like he's already done. Like he's already stopped. Like he's walking out. Yeah. Ralph's, we'll Ralph's my, literally packing. Uh, he literally he did not like my doctrine. That's for sure. No, I, was that doctrine? I that was Weltism. Listen, Weltism. I hope you guys will convert. Now, as, let, let's end it this way because we are going to have one more discussion topic whenever Cherry gets back. Okay. Do me a favor. If you haven't heard the first three or four or five of these Oliver discourses, please listen to them in order okay. before you come back to the next show. That would, that would you be two, a Ralph, good idea. You two, Ralph, you don't mind. I mean, like Andy, you've listened to them like five times. Twice. And <laughs> I still can't. I still barely remember half of what's in one of them. It's, yeah. And you, my honestly, poor brain of all people, Andy's good. not going to have time to yeah, do it. Yeah. 
Um, but if, you know, Andy, if you do have time when you're on tour and you're traveling across the country and you want to listen to a podcast <laughs> all about me, <laughs> jump on me the Welchism train. That makes me sound much cooler than I am. <laughs> you, you just came back off. You just came from yeah. a tour in Florida and you're going to be going to Philadelphia soon. And- yeah. Well, it's just a one-off. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, so I own a recording studio. I play bass in a band that now is a bit of a touring band. Yeah. And What's I'm the, the token, the, band? the Ross Osteen band. It's a blues, like I've, a blues rock. I've seen them on YouTube. Yeah. They sound tremendous. That's cool. That dude is awesome. Yeah, he's and super you're a great good. bass player, that's, too. You always that's, have been, that's why I'm. That's why I'm in the band. Blues is not my first love, but Ross is really good, so that's what I, and, but yeah, so, so I'm, uh, that, I was, my resume, I'm a token atheist on a podcast about the Bible. <laughs> I'm a, uh, I'm a bass player in a touring blues rock band, and I own a recording studio. Yeah. I sound so much cooler than I am. Yeah. You know, now and he that stands you, like Superman. Now that you put it that way, <laughs> yeah. which is the same way I look when I pee. And just so you know, just a little bigger. <laughs> well, that's why I'm peeing so much. Because yeah, okay. uh, it's it's borderline diabetes. <laughs> Now, now it's livabetes until the very last Not, yeah. minute. Livabetes. All right. Anyway, okay. so I'm just asking everybody if you're when you get to part eight of this discourse, it's going to be a thirty minute back and forth, just kind of like going over, uh, hitting the highlights, and then personally talking about what we think that we've come from. I'm not a crazy person. I'm not. I just I love to study God's word as much as I can. Hey. He's right, though. You were about that uh, anti-Semitism thing today. I don't think you framed it. I don't. I, I think your problem is. I think you were having a thought about this oppositional position of, well, this happened in the Jewish time, and this is the scripture that I believe versus what societally could be seen as. Uh, anti-Semitism, and I don't think you explained your thought. You just said that's not anti-Semitic, and it did feel out of place. But I yeah. understand that there was probably there's probably a week's worth of like personal concentration about that. Not that only that, we're but not nobody else to. reads my social media. <laughs> Uh, Nobody else reads the explosions that come my way from these episodes. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, and- so it's like it's like maybe even a little bit that that somebody that a listener that follows the Burroughs social media might know better than like I do. Uh, a, a few, a few people. Listen, I have got pictures of poop put on my timeline. Oh my god! Oh no! I mean, oh, it was brutal. awesome. Yeah, yeah I yeah. get. <laughs> I have to ask, and I'm scared at the answer, but. But the worst ones, they're not atheists, are they? They're like... Yes. They are. Oh, now, not only are they atheists, but they always finish the last statement with, I don't want to see none of your beep. I'm an atheist. <laughs> <laughs> and so do you know what my last uh, response is? How strange. We have an atheist on our show. You obviously never listen. Yeah, no. You know? But I mean, that's not the hook, you know? Like, that's... I can see being passionate about something, but it's just like... God, you just so I didn't frame it correctly it. because I said... I, I was afraid that was the answer. I felt that a little bit. And there was a text where Rick was like, this is this. And I was afraid <laughs> that that would be the re- the answer was like, I was just, I, you know, there's people out there. They just, they just need a reason to be mad. Oh, yeah. And, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They just, whatever oh, yeah. their reason is, they look for it and then they go binge on their little... Yeah, They're you, little endorphins. Yeah, yeah you of course. give them a million dollars and they <laughs> complain that it's in 20s. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. It's so, anyway, well. Oh, well. If, if you guys will, just, just do a little prep. If you don't mind, 
you know, listen and keep up. We'll hit the highlights and we'll move on. I can't wait to get into Esther. We've got some really cool people that are coming to visit the show. Um, and th- special thanks to everybody that's listened. We had over 16,000 listeners amazing. to the Michael Spears episode. That's cool. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. Is the Rod, Rod, Rodney? Rodney Lewis. Is Rodney up yet? Rod, Rodney, Rodney went, went up, up first. first. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And he he went he went over three thousand. I put out some ads. We started getting some uh, more followers. Ads, yeah. And then I put a special oh, ad out. Oh, the teasy out. one's gonna kill. I'm gonna I mean, put she's that just out. Easy. She's just fun to listen to. Uh, yeah. I'm putting an ad out uh, for TZ uh, in advance. Uh, I'm going to have it out a few days in advance to get ready for people to come. And anyway, um, so right. let's finish this joke. Are you going to throw your joke out real <laughs> yeah. quick? Yeah. All right. All right. So this pastor is running through New York City as fast as he can, and he jumps into a cab. Okay. And the cabbie's like, where are you heading? He's like, I got to get to this conference. I am so late. Please. I know you're the master driver in the city. Get me there as quick as you can. He's like, no problem. <laughs> That's the best New York I've got. <laughs> no <terrible>. problem. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Hey, no problem. <laughs> so he takes a right and bam, he gets hit by a bus. And they both die and they're standing at the pearly gates. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Guess who's there? Larry, Larry. the 15th Apostle. Yeah, yeah. All right, so the cabbie walks up, and uh, Larry looks at it and says, uh, all right, he says, let me see here. You are a cab driver. I tell you what, he says, go over there on the shelf. He said, there is a golden staff and a beautiful white silken robe. He said, would you please go grab that? So he goes, gets the white robe. He says, puts it on. He said, put it on. Here's the scepter. He says, congratulations. (laughs) Go on into heaven. Cabbie's like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> no, he doesn't say anything. Thank you. He goes on into heaven. So the pastor's kind of like wringing his hands like, oh, man. The cabbie gets this, you know? So he goes up and Larry, he looks down at his little book. He looks up. He says, hey, okay, if you will. He said, go over into the corner, all the way over in the corner. There is a wooden staff and a kind of dirty cotton robe. I need you to grab that for me. And he's like, Nice. Uh, okay. So he goes over to the corner, he grabs the wooden staff, he puts on the, the cotton thing, and he goes up. And Larry says, Okay, and enter in heaven. He's like, Hold on. <laughs> Hang on a second. He said, I have spent 43 years as a minister, and you're giving me this crappy cotton and this wooden stick. And I just saw a cab driver go in with a beautiful golden staff and a white linen robe. What is this all about? And Larry says, well, it's very simple. He said, for 43 years as a minister, you made people sleep. The cab driver made people pray. <laughs> that was pretty good. I like all that right. one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Was that all right? Yeah, that yeah. was a good one. Yeah. So you, you lied about there being one last thing, but you were right about <laughs> yeah. it being a funny yeah. joke. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I love it. I gave it a half thumbs up. Yeah, so and I, I touched good. base with a good friend of mine. That is the one joke you've ever said that I think is actually a joke. Wow. <laughs> That's wonderful. I mean, they're all jokes, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> There's such a thing as a bad joke. Anyway. Billy, thank you for sitting here for 85 hours. <laughs> Ralph, I appreciate you leaving the show long before anybody else. <laughs> he, he just said represent for those that didn't hear. Andy, thank you for recording this madness. 
Yeah, and, I, uh, I think this was a good one actually. Yeah, we did yeah. a little protracted, but it was there's was, there was some there were some good points in yeah. there. Yeah, and so by the time you guys hear this, Cherry Lewis was not available uh, to be with us tonight. We actually were expecting to um, do a testimony series with Mary McLeod, uh, who is our number one fan out of Fayetteville, and uh, unfortunately they were having tornado warnings and she lost power and she wasn't able to do it. So we're going to schedule her in again and get her in here. And uh, Cherry is in the play. I'm sorry that this is coming out so much later uh, after the play uh, for those who are local, but it's called um, Why Do I Need a Savior? And Cherry plays some key roles in that play. And so cool. she's there practicing tonight. Uh, it premieres tomorrow, Saturday and Sunday, and then she's done, and then she'll be able to be in the studio from now on. So that's why she's been absent so much, because she's been you know getting ready for that. Learning her lines. Yeah, she's been doing some learning. So anyway, thanks, Billy, for being here. Thank Ralph, yeah. Andy, yep, thanks thank so you. much. You guys have a great Great time, and we'll talk to you next time on the Burrows of Berea. See ya. Represent. I've got, I've got everything right here. Did you right ask Andy if he had a Bible? Uh, really? <laughs> I guess I might as well leave this. I might not leave this door open because Andy shut even the door, own a Bible? It might just be a glare. <laughs> Do you own a Bible? No. There could be one in my house. I was going to say. I mean, you have a you have a iPad or any type of tablet. Yeah, yeah. I use it to monitor the stuff, but I can. It doesn't oh. have to be open. Say, there's tons of them out there to make me feel better. Oh yeah, I've been reading the Young's Literal Translation. Translation, I no, love I, it. It's so bizarre though. Like when it's when is it's it? so literal. Yeah, it's I like, kind of love and that. the non-Jewish people. You know, and it's like oh, I kind of <laughs> love. I kind of love the bizarreness of a literal translation. Yeah, like, it's yeah. so literal. It really is. You know, instead of saying like the sky. You know, if if it's truly translated heaven, but it actually should be translated sky, it will mm-hmm. put sky. It'll change it. Oh, it oh, makes cool. it literal. Like, and then we'll have a little oh, asterisk took by little, it yeah. and say the pejorative of you know, and you're like, oh, it makes it be sky. That's why it's sky. It's not heaven. Yeah, and, and some people took a little artistic. Yeah, and so they say in the heavens, the heavens we the know sky. that the birds fly in the heavens, but according to this, it's in the sky, not. Up where God is, you Which know, makes more sense. That is where birds fly. That's true. What Not about, all birds are in heaven every time they leave the ground. What about angels? You do have a, you do have a, st- a uh, uh, Bible here, Ralph. I do. You got it in your hand. How did that happen? Oh, yeah, I ran and got this. I did, this isn't the one that I marked at the house. Oh, just, I have the. I he has an emerged Ralph. What version I, is that? Called? I have a new Bible. This is the uh, New King. No, um, he literally ran. So, yeah, NAB. Or, NASB? And that, this is the American one. The NASB or the American Standard? This is the American Standard, I'm pretty sure. New American Standard. That's fine. That's NASB. That's a good one. I'm good with it. I'm good with it, too. I also believe it's an excellent choice of a Bible. I like a lot of the Bibles, but there's one, like, they have one called The Message, and I just think it's garbage. I don't like it at Why all. Why do you think that? Yeah. Because it's a person who has embellished it on his own and has uh, no, like, So it's, like, kind of like one person's It's one person's idea of what they think that it means, and it's, it doesn't like even work with the language. <laughs> kind of like Mormonism. That was good. <laughs> do you want to start the uh, cameras, Ralph? I, I did. did. They are. Yeah. 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 We're, rel- see, we're rolling. We're yeah. rolling. Yeah. Yeah. Billy, how, you seem a little quiet. He does. What's Check. wrong with me? Hello? Can you I, hear I'm me just going to click him up one. Yeah, there you go. Right. Yeah. Hit him up a notch. Hello but, now. But, but when better? the Son of Man, Do I sound better? but when Hello? the Son of Hello? Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on this there. glorious throne. Is that better? You like, yeah, I like my new Bible because I got the large. 
I got large the large letters, yeah. Yeah, that's the way I do it. I just ordered it recently. And I'm so blind. I need it. Yeah, I love it. Lord, like I in, think in my Braille. prescription, my prescription, that was a hard word for some reason, changed like last month. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so I'm going to start like. this off. In omni patri, in the fili, in the spiritus, unto amen. I'm going to do that in uh, southern dialect. Can I auto-tune Can I auto-tune just <laughs> the crap out of that? I'm Please. not going to do it oh, in a fun way. I'm just going to slap auto-tune on you it. You should say, <laughs> yeah. and you should say it at the end, okay? Just be like, and then here is Ralph auto-tuned. <laughs> <laughs> auto-tuned by... I love it. So we're rolling? Yeah, yeah, All we're right. rolling. I think everywhere. In omni patri, in the fili, in the spiritus, unto amen. In omni patri, in the fili, in the spiritus, unto amen.